And I want to read a passage of Scripture that is probably fairly familiar to you. Uh, It is not about the actual resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, Oftentimes we go to that on Easter and then uh, which represents his resurrection. But I want to share with you some information today that would let you know that he always has been, he is, and he always will be the resurrection. And you know, to be the resurrection means that whatever he takes that may seem dead to us, he can breathe new life into it. And so it may be that there are some people here in this house today that you say, well, it's good that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, but what I want you to hear today is that he is able to resurrect your life as well. He resurrected Lazarus, and he can resurrect you and your life and your stuff today as well. So I want us to look at it, beginning at verse 17 in John chapter 11. It says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know, I'm convinced that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, well, Lord, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die." Yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Let's pray. Father, I've been praying quite a bit this week about this day and this service. It's easy to let the large crowd and, and, and the visitors kind of intimidate the flow of things. But Lord, I've learned long ago that it's not my preaching that makes the difference. It is your spirit drawing and leading men to yourself. And so today I have considered carefully my words. And yet I realize that at some point in this message, my words will fall short of being able to speak everything that needs to be said. But one thing that will not falter is that your spirit will draw everyone who needs to be drawn to you. And so, Lord, I pray that in this atmosphere of liberty and freedom, that you, by your spirit, will speak personally to the men and women who fill this house today, that you will touch them by your spirit that they might sense and feel your love for them, and that they will make a commitment today before they leave to 
to either begin a relationship with you or to renew a relationship that they have let die. Let them see and understand today that because you are the resurrection, that no matter what may seem dead in their lives, it can rise to a level of productivity once again. And I thank you in advance for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Isn't it interesting that we live in a country that no matter where you go, there are different languages and dialects. You can go to the south and people in the south speak entirely different than people in the north. Now I know that people say that Louisville is a southern town, but listen, my parents were raised in Alabama. And there's a huge difference between the way people in Alabama speak and the way that people in Louisville speak. Just saying the word Louisville in itself has to have some interpretation. There's Louisville, there is Louisville, there's all the different connotations, the bill. Some people just look at you and shoot you L's, you know? It's communication. You go up further north and they speak entirely different as well. You go to Texas and they sing, say things very differently down there as well. And now that I'm getting older, somebody was talking about turning 60 today. Uh, well, God bless you and let me let, let you to know real good that, that life gets better when you turn 60. You ain't got nothing to lose, so you just live life like you've never lived before, right? They say that, that 40 is the new 60, or 60 is the new 40. I had it backwards, but... However old you are today, I'm, I'm glad to know that life is good, right? But being my age, I have discovered that there's a younger generation that speaks differently than I do. Now, when I was younger, we used to say things, oh, that's, that's groovy, you know what I mean? How many of you ever said groovy? Anybody here? You know, we used to say things like that, and today, they don't, they don't say things like that anymore. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what it means to be woke. I don't know what that means. I just know that it happens to me every morning when I wake up, I say I'm woke. I don't know what it means. There are times that I have to call my kids and say somebody just Facebooked me a message and it has letters but it doesn't have any vowels in it. And so I don't know what it says. Somebody t texted me and said, JK. I didn't know what that meant. But now I know it means just kidding. Someone else texted and said, IDK. And I said, I do too. I don't know what it means. <laughs> IDK means I don't know. And I'm learning now that there's a whole nother language that this younger generation uses that I don't understand. And the thing that really gets me is hashtags. Now, some of you old people, older people, I, I, I say that respectfully. Please understand that. I'm, I'm an old people too uh, these days. But yeah, we may not even know what a hashtag is, but I get tickled at some of you that hashtag and then use an entire sentence without any spacing whatsoever. You just put a, you know, one of those signs, a pound sign, and then just take off 
putting letters in there. And I honestly, I have to sometimes write it down and put spaces where I think that they're supposed to go so that I understand what it is that they're trying to say. What I'm telling you is, is that language has, has changed through the years. And we have to learn what it means when we understand and, and look at language. It helps when we're talking to people to hear audibly what it is that they're saying. Because the inflections in the voice oftentimes can change the meaning of what is being said. And today I kind of want to focus on that a little bit because I think it's important for us to try to understand what it is that Jesus was trying to say. Now, if you're a reader, you understand that reading is linear. You read words on a page, but you don't always understand really what is being said unless you back up and read it again and try to get into the character that is speaking the words so that you can understand. So, for instance, if I say, I love banana pudding, then there are several ways that that could be said. I could say, I love banana pudding. And it's very personal because I'm the one doing the loving. You know what I'm saying? Some of you may not like banana pudding at all, but my words indicate that I love banana pudding. It may be that I say I love banana pudding. So what I'm saying to you is, is that this love that I have for banana pudding goes above and beyond a normal love for anything else. For instance, Brussels sprouts. I don't love Brussels sprouts. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I kind of hate them a little bit. I don't care how you fix them. God is not in Brussels sprouts, in my opinion. I just don't like it. But I love banana pudding. If I say I love banana pudding, then what I'm telling you is, is that banana pudding is my dessert of choice. But now, you know me well enough to know that if, it, if it's got sugar in it, I like it, whether it's banana pudding or not. The, the point I'm trying to make is, is that the inflection of my voice and the sentences that I use can make a difference in the emphasis or what it is that I'm trying to draw attention to. And so here we have a statement by Jesus. You're very familiar with this passage of Scripture if you've been in church much in your life. It's the story of Lazarus and how that he fell sick and he actually died. And his sister sent word to Jesus for him to come. But Jesus did not get there before Lazarus died. In fact, some translations of the Bible said that they warned to Jesus that he had been in the tomb so long that his body was already stinking. So it, he had been there for a while. But Jesus came and Martha had this conversation with him and said, look, Jesus, uh, Lazarus is dead. He's been there for four days. But if you had been here, he would not have died. And Jesus just simply said, your brother's going to rise again. He said, well, she said, well, I know that, you know, when time is over and the resurrection of the saints take place, I know that. And he said, no, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. 
the resurrection is here. I have the ability to take dead things and bring them back to life. And I've come to tell you today that whatever is dead in your life, Jesus can bring it back to life because he is the resurrection. Aren't you glad for that today? And then he says, he says, do you believe this? And that one question is one statement, one question, but it can have three possible applications. I'd like to share those briefly with you today. First of all, if he said, do you believe this? It would be a personal question. In other words, he wasn't speaking to anyone else there except Martha. He looked at Martha and he said to her, do you believe this? Now, how many of you know that our faith is a very personal matter? We have to believe on our own. In fact, whatever it is that we believe, we arrived at that belief on our own. You may have had some help from other people. You may have had parents that instilled certain belief systems into you. There may have been friends and family members that shared with you information that helped you to make a decision about what you believe. But the bottom line is, is that your belief is your belief. It's not my belief. It may be similar. It may be the same if it is trusting in Jesus. But your belief is your belief. It is personal. Listen, you need to hear this today. You're not going to make heaven your home unless you have a personal belief in Jesus Christ. Unless you believe. It doesn't matter what your mama believed. It doesn't matter what your daddy believed. It didn't matter what your sisters or your brothers. It doesn't matter what your dog believes. It doesn't matter what your politics are. It doesn't matter what your neighbor says. It doesn't matter what your preacher says. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Because when you stand before the Lord one day... He is going to hold you responsible for what you have chosen to believe and not anyone else. So you need to know today that your choices are your choices alone. I raised two beautiful children. I love them. My wife really played a better part in it greater part than I did, but I'm very proud of my children. But there came a point in their life when we had to take our hands off of them and understand that I've trained them up in the way that they should go. And now I have to trust and believe that scripture says when they are old, they will not depart from it. They had to make their own choices. They have to make their own choices today. They have to choose how they're going to live. They have to choose what their belief system is. They have to choose. Listen, men and women here in this house today, you will not make it to heaven on your mama and your daddy's belief system. You must believe for yourself that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he said he did, and that he is coming back again for all of us. Amen. So it's up to you. It's a personal question. Do you believe this? Secondly, it is a 
question about passion. Now, how many of you know that we're all passionate people? He looked at Martha and he said, do you believe this? Now, that word believe literally is a description of something that we are actively involved with. How many of you know there are a lot of people in this world that they will say they believe, but they're not actively walking out their belief system? Oh, there are a lot of people in the world that say, I believe in Jesus. There are a lot of people that believe in God. There are a lot of people that believe certain aspects of the gospel. But there are also a lot of people who do not believe it enough to walk in the manifestation of that. I have to tell you, I've had on my heart the last few weeks, I've been praying for many individuals that are connected to our church who say this is their church, they'll almost fight you over it. If you want to fight, you can just tell them this is not their church and they'll want to fight you over it. They call this church their home, but they don't ever come. They, they, don't, ever, they don't ever manifest a walk of faith. They don't ever get involved in any kind of ministry. They don't ever do anything that suggests that they are Christians, much less members of the church. And so what I'm trying to say to you today is that the things that we believe in are the things that we will be passionate about. Some of you are passionate about running. I've never understood that a day of my life. I don't like to run. If you like it, man, I, will you please run for me? I, I promise I will live vicariously through you. I tried when I was younger to become a jogger. I decided that I would be a jogger. And I went out and I, I got the jogging shorts. And back in those days, we were part of the holiness church. And so you had to wear long pants under your shorts. You couldn't just wear shorts. So we looked like a bunch of idiots running around town with long pants and shorts on top of them. Thank God we've been delivered from the long jogging pants. Amen. I don't know, but I tried it. I spent money on running shoes. I, I spent money on the shirt and the hoodie and all that kind of stuff. You know, I got the graphics on the back that said, follow me while I run and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't real hard to follow me, let me tell you. But I bought all the stuff and here's what I'm going to say to you. Don't do what I did. Don't go out and buy the stuff until you try to run at least one time. Because that's what happened with me. I ran one time and I decided this is not for me. God is not in running. So if you need to run me down today and steal my wallet and all that, listen. Please just tell me up front what it is that you want to do. I'll just hand you my wallet so that I don't have to run. I don't like it. I don't mind walking. I can walk. I, you know, I can get a pretty good, pretty good pace going. I, I can enjoy that. But I'm one of these kinds of walkers that I don't like to walk like this. I like to just kind of stroll. There's a cardinal sitting in the tree. It must be prophetic that this is the year for the Louisville Cardinals. There's a wildcat behind the bush. It must be... 
You know what I'm saying? I like, I like to casually walk. That's the way I like to do it. But here's the point I'm trying to make. We all have our passions. We all have things that we like and that we enjoy. We all have things that we think are part of who we are. And I would suggest to you today that if Jesus is your Lord, you should be more passionate about him than anything else in your life. Because if we don't put him first then there will be many, many things that will snuff him out of our life. But what we've got to learn to do is to get up every day of our life, every morning of our life, and declare that I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I believe that he's coming again. I don't know if it will be today or tomorrow or 10 years from now. I don't know if I'll leave this earth by way of the grave. But I do know this. I do know that he promised that he's coming again. And because he promised that he's coming again, I'm going to live today and every day of my life passionately serving him and expressing my love and my worship to this Savior. So Jesus looked at Martha and said, do you believe this? He didn't say, do you believe the Ten Commandments? He didn't say, do you believe the Torah? He didn't say, do you believe the fruit of the Spirit that hadn't even been given yet? He said, do you believe this? And that leads us to the third way that this can be understood. Not only should it be understood personally, do you believe it? Not only does it question our passion, do you believe it? And are you sold out to it? But then it is a question about precision. What exactly do you believe about Jesus? What is it? He says, do you believe this? Well, what is he asking? Well, let's go back. Take your Bibles and go back with me one more time. He says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die... Yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now some of you are going to say, I don't believe that. Because I have loved ones who have died. They've left this earth by way of the grave. So I cannot believe that Jesus would raise someone up. Well, listen, the scripture also says, it is appointed unto man once to die. And then we will be judged based on the life that we live before Christ. Listen, punch your neighbor and said, I don't know when it's going to happen, but you're going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die. It may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be next week, I don't know. But listen, I am not afraid to die. Because if Jesus declares, if the Word of God declares 
that we are going to die, I'm okay with that. Because the Bible also says to be absent from this body means to be present with the Lord. Amen. Now, I love you. You look good to me today. You look pretty sweet. And I'm just talking about the women now. I'm not talking about the men. You don't look sweet. You look manly. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm... But as much as I love you, let me tell you, I'm looking forward to the day when Jesus lets me come home to him. I'm not looking to die. I'm not going to try to die. I'm not hoping it'll be today or tomorrow. I'd rather wait until the rapture takes place and we can all go when he gets up a big load of everybody. But let me tell you, I'm not afraid to say to you today that when my time comes, it is going to be the greatest experience that I will ever have experienced in this life because I'll be laying down this body and this earth uh, and I'm going to spend eternity with him. So what do you believe today? What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about his statement? Do you believe it? You're going to rise again. You're going to live again. He's going to cause something that has been dead in you to come back to life. There may be some of you in this house today that you've been given a diagnosis from your doctor and it has you so in fear of that diagnosis. Let me remind you that the diagnosis is the best that the doctor can do. But the, the Jesus that we serve is the divine healer. By his stripes we are healed and he can heal our physical bodies. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that lives within us. On this Easter Sunday morning, I want you to be aware that being a Christian is not a drag. It's not a pain in the neck. It's not trying to abide by a bunch of rules that some preacher or priest says that you have to abide by. It's not a bunch of heaviness that's thrown upon you. No, he's not burdening us. It's not a burden to be a Christian. It is the most marvelous thing that you will ever experience in your life. When you begin this journey with Jesus Christ, you will also experience the joy that he gives. As I'm closing this morning, I want the singers to come back and I want the prayer team to get in place. And we're going to close like we typically do around here. We're going to go out celebrating. We're going to go out praying. We're going to go out believing that God is able to do in us what he needs to do. But let me share with you what Martha's response was. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection, I take dead things and bring them to life. He said, do you believe this? I want to ask you today, do you believe it? You know, if I had to guess, I would say that the majority of the people in this room today are people who have already initiated a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're in the safest place in this world. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to hear him speaking in your spirit and in your mind. And you're going to feel him tugging at your heart. Listen, 
I'm just a man. I can't use words to manipulate you. And if I could, I would not do that. Because I've discovered that when we manipulate people with words, it seldom ever lasts. But when the Spirit of God convicts and pulls people in and draws people in, the Scripture says, if you will lift me up, I will draw all men to you. And I just want you to know we're going to sing this day. We're going to celebrate but if you're here in this house today and you've never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, these prayer intercessors are here to help you and to pray with you and to bring you to a place where you can meet Jesus Christ for the very first time. There are others of you in this house today that you know what it is to walk with the Lord. You understand what it is to be in relationship with Him. But quite frankly, you've just kind of given up on the relationship and you've decided that you're just going to let it go dormant in your life. Today is the day for you to bring it back to life because the resurrection is here today. Jesus Christ, the one who is the resurrection, is here to bring that dead thing in your life back to life. And there are those of you in this house today that you've been dealing with dead things. You've been dealing with dead things for a long time now. I'm here to tell you that he wants to take that dead thing and breathe life back into it. I don't mean to be gross today, but I've been doing some yard work the last few days. Last couple of weeks, in fact, I've cut myself. I cut myself right here. I cut myself right here. I banged my finger between two landscaping stones. My wife brought me a thing of butter this week, some kind of oily butter. And she said, let me rub this on your hands all the way up to your elbows because your skin is nasty. Your, your, your skin is hard. It is, it's dry. And she started rubbing it on my hands and all the way up to my elbows. I was a little bit like Peter. I said, I want you to rub it all over me. That feels good. And she said, I don't want to do that. You just take the thing and you use it every day. So I've got this little tub of some kind of sissy butter in my bathroom. And the last two or three days, I've been rubbing it on myself all the way up to the elbows. And you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that my boo-boos are healing up. I've noticed that my cuticles are looking better than they one time did. There are a few dead places on there that I had to snip off and, and cut off. But I'm telling you, I'm looking fine today. Because of the combination of the butter and the cuticle remover. What was once dead is now alive. I can pick my nose and not harm myself one bit. Because what was once dead is now alive. Let me tell you today, there are some of you, you've got real stuff in your life that has died out right before your very eyes. But I want you to know today that the resurrection, Jesus Christ, is in this house today to bring that dead thing back to life for you if you will trust him for the answer. Do you believe that? Stand with me if you will in the house.
Now listen, we're going to sing. And we're going, I told her, I said, don't sing some dead, dried up, slow, pokey song. I want to go out of here celebrating and singing and dancing and clapping my hands and glorifying the Lord because He is worthy to be praised. Amen. But if you're here in this house today and you need prayer, I want you to come. These people have been trained in prayer. They know how to intercede for you. If you've got sickness in your body or financial issues in your life, maybe it's an emotional issue that you're dealing with, maybe you need a spiritual touch in your life, whatever it is, when we start singing, I want you to start celebrating. And if you need prayer, I want you to start coming. Now, I'm going to disappear because I'm going to go to the back door because I know some of you are going to sneak out because you're afraid that the Baptists will beat us to the buffet. I'm going to go back there and I'm going to shake hands. Some of you are leaving now. Get yourself back in here. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I want us to pray and I want us to celebrate and I want us to give God the glory. And if you walked in here dead today, I want you to walk out of here alive because of what Jesus Christ did and who he is today. Let me pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. I come to you right now. I did the best that I know how to do to preach the word. And Lord, it is entirely up to you. Always has been, always will be. For you to drive the message home into the hearts of your people. And I believe with all of my heart that there are men and women in this house today. That they're dragging dead things around with them. I pray that somehow you will help them to see. That if they can bring that dead thing and lay it before you, that you being the resurrection will bring life to them and they will live again. It'll be, it's been a long time since they felt joy and laughed. Lord, today you're going to bring laughter back to their soul. It's been a long time, Lord, since they've had enough money to pay the bills. But somehow or another, you're going to be faithful to them. And you're going to bring that dead thing back to life. There are some, Lord God, that they've been in relationships that, that died before their very eyes. But, Lord, I believe you're going to bring life back to them in that area of their life. I'm trusting you. And I'm believing you. And I believe we're going to see it in our lives in the next few hours and days and weeks and months. And we're going to hear testimonies about how good you are and how blessed we are that you are our Savior. So thank you for hearing our prayer now. In Jesus' name, amen.